2 Timothy 1. And uh, we're going to read through verse 6. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus to our Lord. How many remember that Timothy is the pastor that, that Paul put into one of the churches? So he says, I thank God, verse 3, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night. He's saying uh, in in uh, long King English way that, buddy, I pray for you. <laughs> Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in thee. In other words, he's saying, um, you know, you've came from a godly family. And, uh, you know, that, isn't it great to have a, a godly heritage to pass down to your children? It's a wonderful thing. In verse 6, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of thy, on my hands. Father, I thank you for this word tonight. I pray that it just accomplish what it set out for. And, Father God, let the uh, ears hear and let it bear witness with their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice one of the things that's really important to note is Paul said, stir up what's already in you. He said, this, this is a gift that you have in you. We just need to stir it up. So the name of this sermon is Stir It Up. Amen. Some people are not stirred like John, James Bond, you know, shaken, not stirred. But some, we, need, we need a stirring sometimes, don't we? You know, uh, one thing that, that comes to my mind, and I'm getting off my notes so I may repeat this, but uh, when I was a kid, my parents took us on a vacation to Rio Dosa, uh, New Mexico. And it was a primitive. My dad didn't spend a whole lot of money on motels back in those days. And the, there was no heat, and there was snow. I mean, it was stacked deep. And we had a fireplace. All we had was a fireplace. So we had to go get the wood, and then we had to get dry wood and all that. And then all night long, and, and it was my job. I was just about 12 or 13. But uh, it would go down, and, and I, I let it go out because I was sleeping in the middle of the night. And my dad woke up, and he hollered at me. He said, go stir up that fire. I said, well, it's out. And he said, just put a log on it and stir it up, and it'll flame back up. And it did. So I, I, but I had to go stir it. You see, that fire was laying there, but it had to be stirred. So I liken that to the gift that is within us. Some of us need to be stirred up, don't we? Amen? I thank God that there, there's still a house of mercy and a grace and a pool that supplies every need. And what is grace? Grace is receiving something that you didn't deserve. That's what grace is, a simple explanation. It's not, it's not receiving what you do deserve because we know that all have sinned and fallen short of, of the glory of God. And then we also know that uh, the wages of sin is death. 
So we've all done that. So we deserve death. That that sentence has already been communicated, communicated to us. But then here comes Jesus with a ransom. And he says, I'm going to pay for that sin. Amen. There was a multitude of impotent folk at a pool too in Bethesda. Feeble, sick, diseased, without strength, blind and withered. And it's no different in our churches today across the land. I believe there's a multitude of impotent folk that are weak and sickly and diseased and powerless in the spirit. I'm not talking about just physically. I'm talking about in the spirit. Listen, we have so much power available at our disposal. How this country ever got in this shape is beyond me. Because we have the power of God inside of us. We just not we just, we've let it burn down to embers, haven't we? There's some that are sick physically, some spiritually, some emotionally. Some have sickness or weakness, maybe in their marriage, or some some are sick and weak in their finances. Some live on a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster, and they're sick with fear and worry and depression and anxieties. We have the power of God, church. Right inside of us. And most of them have the hope that, well, one day it's all going to turn around. One day it's going to be okay. God's going to move and, and it'll all turn out miraculously. We're just waiting on the movement of the water. Remember the man at the, the pool of Bethesda. We're just waiting on the water to move, you know, and then it's going to be okay. We're just, we're just waiting. Uh, multitudes of Christians waiting for the next great revival. Waiting for the next great move of God. Waiting for God to do something in their circumstance. The fact is this, though. Sometimes you have to stir the water up for yourself. He does, Paul just told Timothy, stir up that gift within you. He didn't say, I'm going to pray that the Lord will stir up your gift. He said, I, he said stir up the gift that is already within you. So... Sometimes God is watching and observing, and he's waiting for you to stir the water. Amen? I told someone this the other day, and I've used this analogy before. At any time, God could have struck down Goliath. But he required David to go find five stones and put one in that sling, and then he guided that stone to the middle of that giant's forehead. But the point I'm trying to make is, while the, the children of Israel were hiding behind rocks, saying, boy, God's fixing to do something any minute, David said, you know what, greater is he that's in me. Let me go. No weapons formed against it. We're God's people. We ain't going to have that. And David said, you know, I'm going to go take care of that. And King Saul said, well, you're just a boy. And that just made him madder. Saul said, here, put on this armor. He said, I don't need that armor. It don't fit me. It's not the right. It don't feel good on me. He said, I just need to go with God. And he went with God and praise God. You know the rest of the story. But my point is this. Somebody had to be stirred. And, and David bringing his brother's lunch was that somebody that was willing to be stirred. Listen, I'm sure there were great men of valor there. There were great warriors there. 
but they were scared and they were just sitting there behind the rocks. Like I say, well, God's fixing to do something. God's going to do something. And then you had him that came in and did something. Um, Second Timothy one six says, "Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands." Sometimes you have to stir it up. You have to get it moving. You've got to agitate things a little bit. We say, "Well, preacher, you're the right one to agitate things." You have to you have to get things moving. Uh, stir up the anointing. Stir up your faith. You know, you have to stir up your faith. Amen? We need some good old Holy Ghost agitators, don't we? I think the problem with the church largely is we don't have enough Holy Ghost agitators anymore. We got people that just want to compromise and that say things that are pleasing to people. You know, that's not what Jesus did, by the way. Jesus agitated. He stirred things up. Didn't he? But we got people now that, oh, we don't, don't be offensive. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The cause of the cross is offensive to those who are lost and dying. But to those of us being saved, it's a fragrance of, of uh, heaven or something like that. <laughs> Listen, many times when the fire is about to go out, and y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually. Because sometimes the fire feels like it's going out. But sometimes when the fire's about to go out, you can stir it up and find some hot coals or embers right underneath those ashes. And then when, when you stir it and the air hits it, comes across those ashes, they burst out in flames again. Just like they did in that little log cabin that I stayed in, like the froze to death. But I learned real quick that if I wanted to stay warm in that cabin, I need to make sure that fire stayed stirred up. Because if it didn't, I got cold and uncomfortable. The problem is right now that there's too many Christians that are comfortable when the fire goes out. Well, what we need is a fresh wind from heaven. And I'm talking about the wind of the Holy Ghost to blow over our souls again. The wind and the fire always go together. You know what wind does to fire? It whoops it up. So we need the wind to blow to stir our fire up. That's why, look, we're Pentecostals here. What are we, how are we supposed to act? You know what happened in Acts 2? Acts 2, 4? The fire of the Holy Spirit came and sat upon each one of them. And the Bible says they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. And began to speak in tongue. And then right after that, Peter went downstairs and 3,000 people got saved. Because he went downstairs and he didn't placate them. He went downstairs and he accused them of being the murderers that they were because they killed the Messiah. And what they did was receive that message. And they, the Bible says they rent their clothes and they said, what must we do to be saved? He didn't go down there and tell them they're okay. He called sin, sin. And he called them out on it. Listen, sometimes he went down there and he stirred things up, didn't he? Went down there and stirred up. We're too afraid to stir things up now. I post something on Facebook. Somebody said, oh, you're going to stir it up now. 
I say good. It need to be stirred up. We need the fires to get going inside of, uh, of us Pentecostal Christians and any spirit-filled Christian. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost of God, then you need that Holy Ghost fire to come through you. First, in, the, in, in Acts, first the wind filled the house and then the tongues of fire, and then they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, in Mark 4, the disciples were sailing with Jesus. The Bible says he was in the hinder part of the ship, fast asleep. Sometimes in our busy lives, we lose sight of the most important thing of life, in life. And, that's, and our priorities get all messed up. And Jesus ends up in the hinder part of the boat. And then we cry out. Too often, we don't cry out until our situation is dire. When we should have been handling it. You know what I think really upset Jesus the most about all that? And Remember when they woke him up and he said, what did he say? Oh, ye of little faith. Why do you think he said that? Because he had given them the power to do the same thing he did. But they didn't have the faith. They didn't exercise their faith. They didn't go put that rock in that sling like David did. You see what I'm saying? They didn't exercise that faith. And that, that, the power, listen, power without being used is, is nothing. If you give me a, a Porsche and I just park it in the garage and I don't have the keys, all I can do is say, well, I, I got the Porsche. Ain't it pretty? I can't use it. But Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. My Lord, do we realize how much power he's given us. And, and we just have to stir it up and quit being so busy that with everything else, with the worldly things, that we forget what he has done for us and the ability that he has given us to stir up. It's time, it's time to wake up the Holy Ghost that's inside of us and to stir up the anointing that he's given us. You say, well, I looked up the word Stir. In the dictionary, stir means to agitate, to disturb, to disrupt, to move, and to shift. Boy, you don't get many Christians wanting to do that, do you? I don't want to stir things up. I don't want to agitate nobody, preacher. What do you think the disciples, why do y'all think that they wanted to kill Jesus and the disciples? You know, if, they was, if the disciples was like most Christians today, they could have lived to be ripe, ripe old men. Of course, the message would never have left Jerusalem. But they would have lived to be old men, and all that would have been fine. Well, You'd just say, well, I, 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 can you just see Peter saying, well, they said this, but I don't want to stir them up. I don't want, everything's good. I don't want to stir things up right now. Help us, Jesus. Zephaniah 1 and 12 says this, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their, le- on their lees that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Th- that scripture is saying this, God takes an active role in humanity. And how does he do it most of the time? He does miracles. But listen, even the miracles he's, he does through men. Listen, y'all need to get this. God 
God can't work on the earth unless there are some people willing to be God, to God's vessel on earth. Oh, preacher, you're crazy. I'm just telling this what the, that's what the, the word of God says. Men, men settled on their leaves. Zephaniah one twelve are men that are hardened or crusted. And the image is derived from the crust formed at the bottom of uh, wines that, are, that have been long left undisturbed. That's what that means, men on their leaves. That means they just lay in there dormant. Just lay in there dormant. Isn't it time for us to have some new, new wine and some new wineskins? Because when you know what happens when you put new wine in old wineskins? It breaks. God, I pray for a... I'm hoping to get you stirred this evening. I'm hoping to get you stirring. You know, it's not enough just to stir it up. Sometimes you've got to shake it loose. Stir it up and shake it loose. Somebody here tonight, maybe a good stirring might be all you need for the fire to take hold. But somebody else, you might need more than a good stirring. You might need a shaking as well. You might need to be stirred and shaken. Amen? And we don't need to be too proud to admit that we need it. Judges 16.20. Here's what, y'all know the story of Samson. But Judges 16.20 when the Philistines were surrounding him, he said, I will go out as at other times like I did before and shake myself. Now, according to this scripture, Samson did something to activate the power of God in his life. Because every time that they came around, and you can read the exploits of Samson. He says, well, they're, they're out there again, Delilah said. He said, well, no problem. I'll just go shake myself. The problem this time when he shook himself, the Bible says he didn't know the spirit had departed. So this is what I'm saying. We got to be full of the spirit of God and then we got to be willing to act on it. We got to shake ourselves if we need to. You say, Pastor, we just need a good evangelist to come through. We just need a big revival. Listen, I'm telling you, you need to shake yourself. It's a personal responsibility you have as a Christian is to shake and activate yourself. God has given us everything we need. He gave us the Porsche and the keys. Yeah, you might have to walk out to the garage and put the key in and start it. Oh. But I'm, I'm waiting on the water to move, Pastor. I'm waiting. Pastor, I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost to get a hold of me and, and to shake me. I'm just telling you, sometimes you just need to shake yourself. And I'm telling you this, the Holy Ghost resides inside of you already. If you're a spirit-filled Christian. So there we sit. Full of the Holy Ghost. Saying, okay, do something, God. God, I know you're going to do something. You ain't going to leave me like this. I will not be defeated. But too scared to shake ourselves into a faith action that will do something to activate our faith or to shake our faith, to shake our faith awake or to stir the fire, the embers, so that the fire will come alive again. What I'm trying to tell you is if you're a spirit-filled Christian, you still got embers down there burning.
You say, preacher, I don't feel like it. I'm telling you, you do. If you're a spirit-filled Christian, it's down there. You got to, you might have to rake off some of them old burned out dead coals, but you still got something down there that will burn for you. And as soon as you get it cleaned off and as soon as you activate it and stir it up, it's going to blaze up and it's going to consume everything. What do you need? What do you mean shake stuff up? Well, how about this? Shake off the indifference. Shake off the pride. Shake off the self-righteousness. Shake off the selfishness, the worldliness, the fear, the doubt, the discouragement, uh, the hypocrisy. Shake off that shake off that lying spirit. Complacency. Shake off that bitterness or that unforgiveness. Well, I can forgive them, but I can't forget it. Well, you might as well. What do you mean? What does that even mean? That's not to say that there's some people you can forgive and you better, it's a good thing to forgive them from afar. But you still got to forgive. Amen? If you hold on, the Bible said, Jesus said, I'm going to forgive you the same way you forgive others. That ought to scare some people. Shake it off. Shake off uh, that dead religious. Dead religion. I'm, I'm religious. I go to church. I'm telling you, going to church and, and even living by all these will not get you to heaven unless you've got the Holy Spirit and you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do it by yourself. You can't be good enough to do it on your own. Amen? Nobody gets into heaven but one way, and that's through the Son. Jesus said that. In Acts 28, y'all recall I did a sermon on this. I might have to break it out and preach it again. That poisonous viper fastened on Paul's hand. You remember that? When they were shipwrecked and, uh, on the island at, uh, and uh, ended up on the island of Crete. It, and, and you know what? He, here's what Paul did when that snake snapped on his hand that was a deadly snake and all the people said "Uh oh he's fitting to die you gonna die now you know what paul did he didn't sit down and say "Uh oh i'm gonna die he didn't sit down and say god i wish you'd take the snake off my hand what paul do the bible said he shook it off he shook it off he shook it off the operative word here tonight is shake, shake. Sometimes you got to shake stuff off, amen? He, didn't, he also didn't sit down and say, well, I guess I'll just wait on the spirit to move. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean here, but sometimes we're just waiting on the spirit to move. And sometimes we need to be the one to activate ourselves so the spirit can move. The Spirit wants to move. You think the Spirit doesn't want to move among God's people? Of course He does. We have to shake ourselves and get ourselves in a position where the Spirit can move. The Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force you to move. The Spirit won't force you to dance. The Spirit won't force you to throw your hands up during praise and worship and worship God. The Spirit won't force you to pray. Y'all getting the Sunday night sermon. 
Bible says he shook the snake off into the fire. Paul shook the beast off into the fire. Listen, some of us tonight, we need to get to shaking. The old devil is trying to get a hold of us. He might even have his fangs into us. Amen? He's trying to get a hold of us. And he they're trying to put a spirit of lukewarmness and indifference might be trying to fasten itself to you. You need to shake it loose. Shake it up. Amen? I had to shake that spirit of addiction loose to the Lord. Well, I can't. I can't, I can't keep from losing my temper, Pastor. Listen, if you can shake that spirit of addiction from you. Well, Pastor, I just sometimes I, I cuss because I get mad. That's a spirit. You need to shake it. Because the Bible says don't let anything unwholesome coming out of your mouth. It also says how can... Uh, Sweet, sweet water flow with bitter. You can't praise God on Sunday and then go out on Monday and start cussing like a sailor. It don't work that way. You're being offensive now, preacher. You need to, some, some people need to shake that alcohol loose. Shake that spirit of unforgiveness loose. Shake that spirit of anger loose. Shake that hopelessness and depression loose. My Lord, so many God's people are depressed and feel hopeless. We need to shake that off and let give. Jesus said, bring your burdens to me. Bring them to me. See, too many times we bring our burdens to Jesus and we lay them down. And then before we walk out the back door, we're over there picking them back up again. I think I'll just take these burdens with me because I'm so used to them now, preacher. I'll just, I'm going to take them with me because I don't really know how I do without them. I know how you do without them. You'd shake them loose and you might change the world. You might change your family. You might change your loved ones that you've been praying for if you'll leave them and let the Lord take care of them. We need to shake off the spirit of poverty, too. What, preacher? <gasps> now you done turned into a prosperity preacher. God don't want us to have a spirit of poverty. We're his children. You think he wants us to roll around poor-mouthing it all the time? Living from paycheck to paycheck? He don't, he don't want you to... To have and listen, there's nothing. Sometimes things happen in our lives that we don't have money. I've been there, been there, done that. It happens, but you can't let that spirit of poverty get into your mind. You see what I'm talking about? You can be broke, but you don't have to have a spirit of poverty. Amen. You have to have a spirit of I'm a child of the King. And my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My God owns everything. He made everything. He owns it all. Guess who owns all the money in the world? 
He can give it or take it away. Some of you might have things in your life that are draining the spirit out of your life. Draining the joy out of your life. God says, I came, I'm, I'm going to give you some joy. Uh, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And it was so important, he said, again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And yet we got Christians all over the place that are hardly rejoicing. They're depressed, they're, they're mad, they're irritated. They're sometimes just downright mean. And they're not happy. Listen, I've told you all this before. Happy, happiness is a feeling, it's a fleeting emotion. But joy is a lifestyle. We can make a choice to live with joy in our life. I don't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. Listen, I don't like those fake people either that act like their lives are just perfect when it's falling apart in the back. You know, it's, it's better just to be truthful and honest. I think that's one of my problems is I'm too truthful and honest. I've been told that before. But, you know, I've got to tell the truth. I can't act like everything's good when my world's falling apart over here. I can't act like I got the, the best kids in the world and post all their pictures. Oh, ain't this great when I know he's living a bad lifestyle and he's on the way to hell. I can't act like everything's fine. It's not fine. I have an urgent condition with my kids. Well, pastor, you don't have to talk about it. Yeah, I do because I want you all to pray for mine. I pray for yours. Isaiah 52 and verse 2. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Shake thyself from thy dust. Stir it up. Bring the things that are on the bottom that are deep down. Stir it and bring that on top. You know what happens if you get certain glasses of, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but the, the stuff goes to the bottom, don't it? Sediment, that's what I mean. The sediment goes to the bottom. And sometimes if you're drinking like one of those uh, powdered drinks, I put that powdered stuff in my water. And if I let it set too long, it, it goes down, it settles. Before I can drink it, before it's any good, got to shake it up. And then I shake it up, and then, it, it, then it's good, it's right. But because it sits dormant too long, the sediment goes to the bottom. I constantly have to be shaking it, shaking it, shaking it. Church, that's what I'm telling you. You constantly are going to have to be shaking yourself. And it's not the, it's not, I'm not telling you something that's a difficult thing to do. I'm telling you, when you shake something, the things on the bottom come to the top. We, when we shake that, when we turn those ashes over in the, in the embers, then we let the wind of heaven flame, uh, fan them into a flame again. We need to stir up that anointing that we have. We need to stir up that calling that we have. We need to stir up that faith that we have. Stir up that love that we have. Stir up that joy we have. We need to stir it up. Everyone here has an anointing for something in your life. Everyone here has a call from God in your life. If you didn't, you wouldn't be drawing air right now. God has a purpose 
for all of us. And when we get done with our purpose, God will take us home. We got to find our purpose, amen. We got to shake ourselves up. We've got to uh, turn over that fallow ground. Don't let anything be hidden in our heart. We need to get it out and let the fire of God burn it up too. Look, so that's something else that the fire will do. You might have stuff in your life that, that you don't need in your life. You stir up that fire and it'll get burned out. Time to stir it up and shake it loose, amen? Sometimes things get a little rusty too and you have to, to shake it a little bit to get it broken loose. As a mechanic, let me tell you, sometimes things get rusty on them nuts and bolts and you got to beat on them with a hammer get them loose, don't you? Now, I'm not telling you you need to go beat yourself with a hammer. But I am telling you, you can become so rusty and so stuck that it's hard for you to shake anything up. Amen? Stir it up, shake it loose. Sometimes the old gate gets stuck and you have to shake it loose. Any of y'all had a farm, y'all know that? Sometimes the shake, if you hadn't been to the gate in a while, you know, and you hadn't opened the gate, sometimes it'd get rusty, or the lock that's on it'll be rusty. You have to stir it up, you have to shake it loose. Sometimes the old jawbone gets a little rusky and, and we ain't praising like we ought to be. Amen? Sometimes we ain't doing, we ain't walking like we ought to be. We ain't thanking God like we ought to be. We ain't praying like we ought to be anymore. We ain't praising like we ought to be. It isn't that we don't love God. It's just that we need a good shaking to get everything back in perspective. So tonight, what I'm going to say is this. I think we could all stand a good shaking. You? So what I want to do tonight is I want to pray for some folks. And I want, I want everybody to participate. If you want, not, you don't have to. But I want to pray for some folks. And I'm going to ask the spirit of the living God to fall on this place and to shake us up. And I'm going to ask that we have a good old-fashioned Pentecostal meeting before we leave this place tonight. And that we don't put any restraints on God. We don't put any restraints on the Holy Ghost. And I want you all to know that you feel free to move in the spirit in this church. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. You don't have to be embarrassed about anything. Because this church is all about Jesus Christ. And it's all about the Holy Spirit's magnificent work that he does on the inside of us. Listen, let me tell you something. We can't, none of us, do anything without the, the Holy Ghost indwelling us. We can't be right enough. It's hard enough to do it with the Holy Ghost. Amen? But tonight, I want you just to come, and I want, if you want prayer, I'm going to be here for prayer, but I want you to come and just stand up here at the front or get an altar and pray in the Spirit. Well, you say, preacher, I can't just pray in the spirit. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Close your eyes and start praying, and, and the spirit will move on you if you're submissive to the Holy Spirit. So would you come?